This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Nerds. Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Ready to expand your financial game? NerdWallet can coach you on smart strategies like choosing investments, finding your next credit card, and setting a budget that works for you. Score major points towards your summer vacation by learning expert tips for choosing a high-yield savings account and how to build wealth by investing in index funds. Slide into summer with smarter decisions in 2024. Follow NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you. This is Baldy's Breakdowns, the podcast with NFL insiders Brian Baldinger and Jason LaConfora, an Odyssey Sports original. Welcome to the latest edition of Baldy's Breakdowns. We come to you as always courtesy of our friends at Odyssey. I am Jason LaConfora at Jason LaConfora on Twitter. I have the, the privilege and honor to be joined by my buddy Brian Baldinger at Baldy NFL on Twitter. And we are here to navigate you guys through what caught our attention in week eight and certainly to preview a couple of big games in week nine. There are some um, storylines that emerged last week, certainly the week of the backup quarterback, unlike anything we've seen before. Um, we've got key injuries that we want to um, get Baldy's take on, what he thinks the Titans look like without Derrick Henry, the Cardinals without J.J. Watt, um, we'll talk a little bit about the trade deadline and Von Miller. We will hit on the resurgent Pittsburgh Steelers and certainly preview Browns, Bengals, and Packers Chiefs moving into week nine. But we will start with one of the games of the weekend, a game that Baldy saw with his own eyes down there uh, in the Big Easy in New Orleans. Jameis Winston gets hurt. The Saints persevere. They go marching to victory. The Bucks lose for the first time, and it feels like a long time. And and Baldy, you you saw it in all its grandeur. Um, what a game! It was a game, and uh, you know Troy ate me called the game for Fox, and, and we uh, I caught up with Troy down the field for about forty five minutes before the game, while the guys were warming up. And you know, so much was really kind of on the spotlight of Jameis Winston going up against the old team, and you know all those kind of storylines that nobody even paid attention. To, you know, Trevor Trevor Simeon being the backup quarterback with Taysom Hill out with concussion protocol, all that kind of stuff. But I thought once Jameis Winston went down, it was it was just amazing to see Sean Payton step in and how he navigated that in a game that kept them very much alive in the NFC South as the Saints defense uh, kind of stymied Tom Brady with three takeaways, a fumble recovery and off of a sack by Cam Jordan and then two interceptions. Uh, one at the very end of the game with a minute and a half to go where Brady needs to drive the field to, you know, kick a game-winning field goal or score a touchdown and they intercept him at the end. And really to see whether it's Trevor Simeon throwing to Kevin White on the first play yeah. of the third quarter, 
you know, for 40 yards that really flipped the field that led to a score. Um, you know, just how they navigated that against a, a very talented uh, Buck defensive front was just, you know, classic Sean Payton, you know, and how he was able to just call certain plays and really kind of protect a quarterback that hadn't played since 2019, hadn't thrown a touchdown pass since uh, 2017 uh, when he was with Denver to see him, you know, dial up a play for a fullback that had never caught a touchdown pass. I mean, all those kind of things was just classic Sean Payton. The defense stepped up and special teams and the whole thing. But um, I thought it was just an amazing coaching job by the head coach there in New Orleans. Baldy, what, where do they go now? Um, obviously, Simeon is is the guy in the interim. They'll get Taysom Hill back at some point um, from concussion protocol. I'm told they're not interested in Cam Newton. I mean, yeah. maybe there's a developmental kid on somebody else's practice squad they could take a look at. Um, you know, I don't know, Josh McCown at some point, you know, if he's done <laughs> coaching, he's done coaching high school ball in Texas. I know his brother played under Sean yeah. for a while. Um do, do you think they can ride this out with what they have? Well, you know, I remember going down to uh, to Metairie, to training camp this summer, and it was just one of those brutally hot, humid New Orleans days. And, it, the, you know, there was, there was very much a quarterback competition between Jameis and Taysom. You know, a lot of people just dismissed it, saying, well, if Taysom wins the job, then what's his role? You know, who's going right. to take that role to hit? And I remember asking Sean Payton that question. I was kind of like, um, I kind of didn't want to uh, ask it because it kind of pisses head coaches off. Yeah. Um, you know, to, but yeah, to ask the question. And so he's like, look, Baldy, we're, we're going to play our best guy, you know, and we haven't made a decision yet at all. I mean, this is very much even, even right here. And I just felt like the competition that took place this summer only sharpened both players. I thought the focus that, that uh, Jameis came to work with every day was apparent. Uh, I think Sean Payton saw that it was apparent. As I think Taysom Hill got a lot of good work in this summer um, in that competition. And, and and I think it's going to be his job. Now, who fills his role? You know, maybe it's Ty Montgomery. Um, right. You know, Deontay Harris has a role in this team. He's a punt returner, but man, he can win outside. He can, he's a gadget player in some ways. I don't know if he can throw a football the way Taysom can. But I, I, you know, I, I know that Sean Payton loves Taysom Hill. Now, you know, the, 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 the concussion thing might change things a little bit. I doubt it. But I, I think it's Taysom Hill's job right now. <clears throat> and, and, Trace, and Trevor Simeon will be the backup. That's the way I look at it. Mm-hmm. I don't know when Taysom Hill's going to get cleared to play. Uh, you know, they got a little time to think about it right now. But, uh, you know, I, I think that's where they're going to go. And it doesn't surprise me that they – they turned down Cam Newton or any offers of Cam Newton or any interest because the offense is very complicated. There's a lot put on the quarterback. It's tough for any outsider right. to come in and learn enough and understand enough about whether it's the the system, whether it's the formations, how plays are called. I mean, it's just a lot to learn for somebody to come in from the outside right now and uh, and, and think that they could really help this football team. Well, <clears throat> that game certainly was part of a larger narrative of the weekend of the backup quarterback. P.J. Walker rushes into duty. They get a win. 
Uh, Cooper Rush on Thursday nights up against the $35 million a year quarterback in Kirk Cousins. They get the win. Um, Simeon slays the goat. And maybe my favorite of all, yeah, Mike White comes out and throws for over 400 yards, catches a two-point conversion, yep. survives a terrible hit from behind that I thought was a little late, comes yep. back in the game to win it. Baldy, the two early interceptions, I thought a little bit of bad luck there. But even then, the Bengals couldn't put them away. No. Um, and Mike White rallies them to a win, and they're now leaving the door ajar that it could be Mike White for a while. Even when Zach Wilson's healthy enough, they just took that kid second overall. What a time to be alive, Baldy. Well, you know, the storyline of Mike White's unbelievable. I mean, you know, he's drafted by the Cowboys late in 2018. He's never played. He's bounced around practice squads and released, and the Jets, you know, have him. And, you know, the Jets had drafted a kid um, two years ago out of Florida International to kind of be the third quarterback, and they cut him in favor of Mike White this summer. Uh, They just trade for Joe Flacco uh, to get him back up there. And Mike White steps in and plays better than any Jet quarterback has played. I don't know how long, I mean, since Joe Namath. I mean, you know, I mean, 400 yards in your debut is ridiculous. Against the Cincinnati team, that last week at this time, Jason, we were talking about they just slayed the Ravens. Yeah, stars at all three levels. Yeah. Yeah, you know, 41 points and, you know, they take the Ravens down and, they, they make them think about it for two weeks as they're on a bye week. All these things happen. And then you go back and you watch Mike White's performance. And it's without Corey Davis, right. their, their number one wide receiver. And you're like, okay, he's throwing to Michael Carter out of the backfield, to Ty Johnson out of the backfield, to Baldy, Jameson Crowder. Ten guys called balls. Ten guys yeah. called balls from him. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, and, you know the, the winning touchdown is, you know, to a former – uh, Cincinnati Bengal tight end and all, you know, all this stuff and you go and, and, and you watch it and you go, maybe, why wouldn't you think about keeping them in there, right. you know, for this week and Thursday night against the Colts and, and, and going forward, depending on what he does, all he did was just get the ball out of his hands quickly, make quick decisions, get the ball to his playmakers. I mean, the average pass, he only missed eight. Right. He was 37 of 45, but he only missed eight passes. But his average distance, I mean, these stats are crazy, but yeah. his average yeah. distance of throwing was, was four yards. Four something yards, yeah. But but he put it in a position where these guys did a lot after the catch, you know, including a Ty Johnson, you know, a 17-yard touchdown yes. where yeah. he catches out of the backfield, makes a couple people miss, and gets it to the pylon for a touchdown. So, I mean, it was a remarkable performance. He's the uh, – the NFL's player of the week, you know, in his first NFL start, not just his first NFL start, but the first time first he's appearance. ever been on NFL field. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, amazing yeah, story. Good. Amazing story. And we saw a lot of dudes on vet minimum contracts uh, out uh, outlasting or bettering um, some guys who, who uh, have, have made uh, a tremendous amount of money throwing footballs for a living. Uh, unfortunately, one of the other, uh, subplots to last week, and we touched on Jameis Winston out for the year. Uh, Derrick Henry out for at least most of the year, maybe the entire year, as he underwent foot surgery on Tuesday. And we saw the Arizona Cardinals uh, play without J.J. Watt for the first time this year, Baldy, and that didn't go so well for them. Yeah, well, you know, 
the the injury to, to Derrick Henry is a Jones fracture. It's the fifth metatarsal. I've had mine broken. If you don't get it fixed, Jason, the fourth breaks, the third breaks. Oh, jeez. Uh, you know, like and, you know, I mean, literally, the career can end if you don't get it fixed and fixed right. So even the idea that well, you know, six weeks from now, eight weeks from now, we can see Derrick Henry. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, he's he's been indestructible to this point. So. You know, Mike Vrabel, the head coach, has said this on a couple of occasions this year, even their comeback in Seattle, is that he is their entire identity. And it's not that the defense hasn't played much better. They have. It's not that Ryan Tannehill can't do the job. He's been great. But we haven't seen Ryan Tannehill play without Derrick Henry. We haven't seen the offensive line really play without Derrick Henry. Now, right. they signed Adrian Peterson. It's probably a decent signing. But I've watched teams literally change their entire structure to try to stop Derrick Henry. And all yep. the and to to the Titans' credit, the last two and a half years, they have really built their offense around teams trying to do that. Yep. Whether play action passes or you know the seventy six yard touchdown run against Buffalo um, to get on the board. You know they've got ten guys to the line of scrimmage, right, basically. Right, all at the first level. Yeah, on that first level. So, you know, if you crease that, you you can literally uh, go 76 yards without anybody touching you. So it'll be interesting to see how teams now play Tennessee. And, you know, I, I think there's going to be an obvious bigger role for Ryan Tannehill. He's not going to get that luxury uh-uh. of teams trying to stop, you know, the league's not just the best running back, but outside of quarterbacks, probably the league's best player. And so uh, – it all changed for Tennessee, and they're, they're they're playing really good. They've won four in a row uh, defensively. Uh, to see what Kevin Byard has been doing, yep, four weeks in a row. To see the defensive line really step up with pass rush. Harold Landry's having a great year. Uh, Jeffrey Simmons. I mean, they're all playing much much better defensively. But without Derrick Henry, Woo-hoo. this team. I don't know if it's a house of cards, uh-huh. Jason, but it's not going to be the same team. And we got to see if certain other players can step up right now. I talked to somebody who's advanced them a couple times, and and he was like, "Dude, this changes everything. This changes yeah. their heart, their soul. Like I'm gonna, I'm gonna bracket AJ. I'm gonna sit back in a in a two man shell. I'm gonna force Tannehill to nickel and diamond. I'm gonna beg my linebackers not to bite play action, play everything like it's a pass. They got to prove to me they can run the ball, and yeah. then we'll see if I've got to make changes at halftime." But Tannehill's going to have to maybe become their lead runner. We saw some of those boots, you know, and the nakeds last week work. He might have to be their outside runner because I got to be honest with you. The two kids they got on the roster right now, I don't know a damn thing about. And I have a hard time believing Adrian Peterson is more than two yards in a cloud of dust. Yeah, well, I mean, <clears throat> we see how long that lasts and what they get out of it. Uh, I know Jeremy McNichols was there and. You know, he was a kid that bounced around this league a little bit. And he's been, you know, anybody that's been the backup to to Derrick Henry, that's exactly what he's been. You know, just basically to give him a little bit of a rest. Where, yeah. You know, Kari Blasingame, the fullback, and, you know, McNichols and a couple other guys that have carried the ball this year. I mean, basically it's to give Derrick Henry <clears throat> a rest yeah. and let him catch a, a cup of Gatorade, you know, to get back in there. I mean, he's he's been indestructible. He's been um, – you know, he doesn't get fatigued. He's never been hurt. Like, it's just all changes right now for him. And how, you know, really will, you know, this is, I think that 
Mike Vrabel's been a great head coach, but this he's going to get tested right now, yeah. and the whole yeah. offensive system will get tested because they've got to make some serious changes. Um, it'd be good if Julio Jones could stay healthy and A.J. Brown could stay healthy mm-hmm. and they could be on the field every play. We haven't seen that, uh, you know, in the first half of the season, but they're going to have to rely on those two guys much more than they have to this point. Well, and <clears throat> I mentioned J.J. Watt, and, and look, not everybody has two backs like the – the Packers do, and and not everybody um, could face a team as good as Arizona without any, you know, with maybe one and a half receivers you trust uh, and just run it through the tight ends and the running backs. And then, oh, whoops, they lost their starting tight end too. Um, Unfortunately, you know, Tanyan went down. But I I feel like the Cardinals are probably going to watch that film and say, you know, how much of this is correctable and and how much um, are, are we missing a J.J. Watt? Well, I, you know, we, we, it's hard to say right now. I mean, if AJ Green is, you know, halfway, I don't know what happened at the very end of that game. I yeah. mean, Arizona's in a position to stay undefeated very clearly. I've never seen a receiver do that, what yeah. AJ yeah. Green did. I don't care if there was a signal to go to the other side. I've never seen, if he's looking in and he sees, you know, Green Bay with a zero blitz and they're all coming after Kyler Murray. Uh, I've never seen a receiver react like that in my life. But that being said, uh, we saw Green Bay pierce Arizona's run defense uh-huh. pretty well. They lost, they lost David Collins during the game. Uh, they played the 49ers this week who ran the ball the best they've run it all year. Yes. Uh, 49ers are very much, uh, you know, this is their season against uh, at home against the Cardinals, who they played very well a month ago in a 17-10 loss. Uh, the offense woke up. They decided to you know, play 21st century football and attack down the field. The opening, the run game opened up with a, uh, with a rookie back, Elijah Mitchell. And so Arizona will be tested this week by the 49ers. And the 49ers can get back in the race in the NFC West if uh, they can run the ball the way Green Bay did and then take advantage of some things in the passing game that I think they have to try and do. So we'll find out a lot about Arizona without J.J. Watt this week against the 49ers, but they certainly weren't the same defense up front without his presence there. Well, Baldy will stay out West. Uh, one team made a power move at the deadline, a potential yep. power <laughs> move, uh, leveraging what was left of their uh, 2022 draft to pursue Von Miller. Um, we now can look at a Rams defense with arguably the greatest corner in the game, with a generational defensive tackle who's among the greatest to ever do it, and in a guy in Von Miller, a seven-time All-Pro, certainly one of the greatest pass rushers of yeah. his generation. Now, he, he's a little older than you'd like, and he's been a little beat up the last few years, but I got to think this is going to be an, an amazing bolt of energy, a shock to his system. Mm-hmm in the best way possible. He's now playing on artificial turf. That should help um, with his speed and twitch. H- how big of a deal is this for the LA Rams, Baldy? Well, I mean, they, they sent a clear message that they are in it to win it all. Um, they don't care about stats. They don't care about anything except uh, hosting Super Bowl 56 and winning it. Um, and that's the, the Rams are built on a star system. Unlike any other team in this business, they don't care about draft picks or future uh, draft picks or any of that stuff. They're there 
to put the best team on the field. And their, their team is built around Jalen Ramsey, Aaron Donald, Matt Stafford, Cooper Cup, um, and, you know, Leonard Floyd to a degree, and now Von Miller. And when they're stars, and, and their head coach is the biggest star, yeah, John McVay. And so when they when their stars play big, they're very difficult to beat. And I think that uh, just going back and just watching Von Miller this year, he still has elite movement. Um, their defense is still very good in Denver. Uh, I think Von Miller is going to just – I think he's going to flourish. Because what, what happens is – whether it's Aaron Donald just creating chaos uh, in the backfield and flushing a quarterback, or whether it's Leonard Floyd coming off the edge and beating a tackle, if the quarterback starts to move and has to to, to extend a play uh, off to his spot behind the center, that's when Von Miller is going to just flourish. And he may he may start some of that movement of the quarterback, and then when these guys start chasing you. I mean, it's just the plays break down one after another. And I think this is where Von Miller is going to just flourish because he can still run. He can still chase. Right. His movement is still elite. Now, yeah, the injuries, the, the age, I mean, he can't just take 340-pound tackles and just, you know, back them up with sure. power moves the way he once did. But he's still a very, very good player. And, you know, to a guy like this who's won a Super Bowl, been the MVP, like he knows this is it. Like, this is his last chance to get there. It wasn't going to happen in Denver. No. Uh, the quarterback situation could never get resolved. They could never put an offense together. I'm not sure the coaching staff is built for a Super Bowl run. No. And so th- he's got it all right now, and he's in L.A. Now, look, he's you know he's, he's a Texas kid and farmer and all that stuff. But you go to L.A. with all the stars and yep. everything that's there. I mean, that's got to – you wake up feeling pretty good every day. Yeah, no, I, I think it's going to end up being an impact move for them. It's boomer bust. I get it, um, but I, I it, it's very much in their DNA, Baldy. This was a yep. this was a Rams move. It's not them trying to be something they're not or keeping up with the Joneses. No. This is this is who they are. Well, um, you, I can just, Mil- just see the the huddle this weekend. Be honest with you, you know, I could just see the huddle when you know Tennessee comes to town on Sunday night. And there's Von Miller in a huddle with Jalen Ramsey and Aaron Donald and Floyd, and yeah. they're looking at each other, going, "Let's make that like let's yeah. let's, do, let's this. do this." Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely. And the, the Rams hoping the, that the uh, they they turn back the hands of time a little bit for Von Miller. Um, I know you've been really impressed with this Pittsburgh defense, yeah. as have I. Cam Hayward certainly turning back the hands of time. Um, T.J. Watt, an absolute game wrecker. They have now strung together three straight wins, and Baldy, they they uh, they they tied that uh, that that Cleveland offense up in a tidy little bow. And with Cleveland can't run the ball, not just effectively but highly effectively, then I think that that creates some big issues for them and their offensive identity. And the Steelers certainly mitigated Nick Chubb. I mean, I know a lot of people wanted to count the Steelers out. And, you know, they're questioning Mike Tomlin's, whether it's coaching or the, the non-losing record for 15 years or whatever. It's, un- it's unbelievable. I think you probably saw it this week, Jason. Like they put Bill Cower and Mike Tomlin's record yeah. side by side yep. after yep. 15 years. Yep. It's almost identical. It's the same thing. Yeah. It, it, it's, I, I think there's a one-game difference between the two. It's nuts. It's, it's ridiculous. It's 30 years well, of production. It's crazy. Yeah, 30 years. And so 
you watch this group play, and you know they've had a, their share of injuries and all that kind of stuff. But TJ Watt right, right now, I mean, there's really he he literally can't be stopped, and they're moving him all over the place. They're they're putting him in the middle of the defensive line, letting him blitz and coming off the edge. And I mean, just you just look at the end of the play, and 90s there. And then you mentioned Cam Hayward. It's it's ridiculous. Um, I don't know if this is year 10 or year 11 for Cam. Yeah, yeah. I'm not sure. But he's out there every – I don't even see him come off the field, Jason. Nope. He's out there every play. Yeah. You know, and then Schobert has really been a good addition mm-hmm. to that defense. Uh, he's always been a playmaking guy. He knows where the ball's going. They got a role for Devin Bush. Minka is as good a free, free safety as there is in football. Joe Hayden, you talk about turning the – I mean, this group together, the, what they did in Cleveland, they just said, you know, <laughs> we're here to win this, not just win this game, win this division. Yeah. Now, the offense has to catch up. It's still not there, but, you know, they're playing four rookies out there. And, you know, their tight end wins the game for them at the end. Um, Offensive line's making some strides, right? Yeah, they're, they're only going to get better. Yeah, uh, You know, you're starting two rookies out there and, uh, they're not rookies anymore. They're they're eight games into this thing right now, so I like where Pittsburgh's going. Like if they, you, you know, you you keep teams to ten points, seventeen points. Uh, you know, Ben knows that he can't just be reckless with the football. Mm-hmm. Like they've got to be careful. It's okay to punt. Like all these different things that you, you hear about. They know he knows right now that the defense is playing great football, and his he knows what his job is. And so I think he understands. I feel like there's this like renewed energy in Pittsburgh with some of the youth, the defense stepping up, a healthy TJ Watt and Cam Hayward. And I think they feel like, you know, whatever Baltimore's doing, Cincinnati's doing yeah. is fine. We'll get those guys on our field. We'll we'll go to their place like they did Cleveland last week. And it's it's hard not to look at Pittsburgh and go, they're gonna be players in the AFC. Yeah, um, come out of the bye uh, like a team possessed. And I think that division will be um, down to the wire. You could make the case for all four teams. And we get the Battle of Ohio, Baldy, as we preview a couple of games here um, heading into Week 9. Browns, Bengals both come in wounded. Um, The Browns more physically, the Bengals probably more mentally after they fell into a trap game and, and fell into it. Um, with gusto for all four quarters. Uh, how do you size this one up? Uh, to me, it really is as simple as um, if Baker Mayfield's forced to push the ball downfield because they can't establish the run the way they're used to, then I, I think the Browns are in trouble. Well, I said I said this week that, you know, and I, I'm a Baker Mayfield fan, and I, I, I mean, I, I hope that nobody after what he – after – the hit he took from Minka Fitzpatrick on the sideline or TJ yep. Watt just drilling him into the turf in the end zone. I hope there's nobody out there that feels like Baker doesn't give it everything he's got and leaves it all on the field. But I said this week, and it was a little misrepresented, but he's a ticking time bomb here, Jason. Yeah. Like this shoulder can't keep taking these kind of hits. Uh-uh. I, you could put it, I don't care what kind of harness you have and all that kind of stuff. And I can't think that. It can't. Af- I know it's he throws with his other arm, but I can't think in any way it doesn't affect the way that he plays. Now he, he it would help if his receivers helped him the other day, like they yeah. dropped yeah. some serious passes. 
Um, I don't know what to make out of Odell Beckham. Like, I know what his father said this week. He's not a part of this offense and hasn't been for two years. And I know he's out there, but he's invisible. Yeah. And so, like, I, I don't know what to, they They don't have a deep threat. Um, they should be able to make this running game pay off a little bit better uh, than they have. Dearness Johnson's a fine backup and change of pace for Nick Chubb. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, they, they, they look challenged offensively to me, even with the run game that they have. And so I know Cincinnati can score points. And so, I, you know, to me, Cincinnati offensively, you know, they still put up 31 and probably should have yeah. put up more, yep. if not for a couple of calls at the end of the game uh, against the Jets. So they put up 41 against the Ravens. I mean, I think this offense is bona fide. And so I, I look at this game and I go, can Cleveland, you know, score into the, you know, the high 20s to win this game? I don't know that they can right now. How significant is Conklin being out again? Well, they put uh, Brian Lance in there, and he's he's fine. Uh, he's not the run blocker that right. Conklin is. I saw him go down the other day. He was in a great deal of pain. Um, it, it just affects their depth. You know, but, but regardless, like, it, it does uh, affect their depth to a great deal. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's uh, Blake Hans. And so, you know, I mean, he goes in there as a start number 62, but it affects like they like him as a third tight end in the running game. So it affects sort of the trickle down effect. Um, nobody's as good if you don't have, I mean, he was the first team all pro right yeah. tackle last year. Yeah. So say that it's not going to affect you. It'd be crazy. Baldy, the last game we saw from week eight involved the stumbling Kansas city chiefs and they won yeah. that game, but man, no style points in that game against the giants. And um, I, I still feel like there's a lot of questions they've got to answer on both sides of the ball. It's still a little bit too much of Patrick Mahomes trying to pull a magic out of a rabbit out of his hat um, a little more often than, than I, I, I probably think they can stand to use right now. Um, we get the ageless Aaron Rodgers. Uh Kansas city doesn't have a signature win really. I mean, if you want to say beating Cleveland at home week one, okay, maybe, you know, but they've struggled against three, NFC East teams and not the good one, the three bad ones. Uh, are they in trouble here? Jason, I'm looking, you know, at the most significant stat in all of football, the turnover ratio. Mm-hmm. They've turned the ball over 19 times in eight games. And like they're on pace. That's Crazy. as bad as it gets. And everybody says every week, well, if they can just stop it, you know, just stop the turnovers, they're going to be fine. Well, it's not true because – what teams have done in the last two weeks, and, and the Giants were great at it on, on Monday night, is force Mahomes to hold the ball. And if you force him to hold the ball, he's either dumping it or he's turning it over. And it's real. You know, the the fumble at the end of the game, I mean, it's just a three-man rush with a spy. Mahomes, they, they, they're spying Mahomes right now so he can't get out and, and run for those first downs. And – Teams have said, okay, let's do our best to really restrict Travis Kelsey from getting off the line of scrimmage. Um, you know, and then they've taken the deep ball away. And so they they look like a pedestrian offense. And yeah. I said, uh, after watching the game, like, I think they should restructure the whole offense. Their, their strength to the whole offense right now is their offense line in run blocking. And they, you know, they – they ran the ball really well against a good giant front. And I, I think that's what they should become a power running team and play action pass off it. 
right. to get the ball down the field. Now, that would be the anti-Andy Reid. Like, he's never done that, and it's not who he is. But, you know, when you watch Trey Smith in Orlando Brown and in Lucas Niang, if you watch these guys, like Creed Humphrey, they're great run blockers. <clears throat> they really can move the line of scrimmage. And I think, you know, this Derek Gore who came in there, ran the uh-huh. ball really good. I, I mean, I really think that – and people have run the ball against Green Bay. Like, to me, that's – what they should do, They're, they'd probably turn it over a lot less, take the pressure off Mahomes for a little while. He could still produce some Mahomes magic on play action, but I think that's the direction they should go. I'll be there on Sunday in Kansas City, but that looks to me like the strength of this whole team. Look, we've seen teams have to reinvent themselves on the fly, and the Tennessee Titans, as we talked about at the beginning of this podcast, probably being the next one up. Uh, if I'm Andy Reid, I'm going to heed your suggestion there. Uh, and 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 do what I got to do to win the fight another day and, and try to keep that defense off the field. But, um, boy, that, that would certainly be um, a, a change of identity if they were to do that. Um, Baldy, one other note here before we sign off. Um, you know, I, I think I probably speak for both of us here when um, we just say our hearts go out to everybody involved in this Henry Ruggs situation. Yeah. Um you know, the the uh, the Raiders have, have released rugs, which I think was expected, given that he's facing felony DUI charges yeah. here. 22 year old um, made, made a, a, a grave life changing, life altering uh, mistake for not just him and his family, um, but for the, the the person who passed in that crash and their family. And uh, obviously that's a tragedy. It's just yeah, a, a, it's a horrible tragedy. all the way around. Complete Absolutely tragedy. All the way, you know, it's not even about football. You know, it's not about any of that. It's just, and I, I, it just has to, you know, people just have to be smarter, Jason. It just, they just have to be smarter. You just, somebody's got to take the keys away from people, not just in football, but in life. Yes. I I don't, I don't care if the holiday season is going to start up and you're having a beer with friends at a party, whatever, like you just have to be smarter about this whole, the whole situation. We can't, we can't live reckless like this anymore and that's that's the bigger message for all of this but it's just a complete tragedy for the Raiders for Ruggs for the family that's involved um for everybody involved and uh, hopefully it people everybody not just football players athletes whatever like everybody can just know that this this can happen to to anybody you just have to live smarter and be less reckless in this situation Absolutely. Well said, Baldy. Um, well, this has been the uh, week nine edition of Baldy's Breakdowns. As always, we appreciate you guys for tuning in and listening. Again, I am Jason Lockenfora at Jason Lockenfora on Twitter. Baldy is at Baldy NFL on Twitter, where you can find all of his wonderful breakdowns in video form. Um, please rate, review, subscribe, give us feedback uh, wherever you guys get your uh, podcast goodness, iTunes, Spotify. Um, what have you thanks as always to our friends at odyssey baldy safe travels to you my friend uh out there for that uh what could be one of the games of the weekend there with the packers and the chiefs and we look forward to reconvening with all you guys and talking ball again next week we'll talk to you then for baldy's breakdowns okay picture this it's friday afternoon when a thought hits you I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. 
I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.